Hello, everybody. Welcome to Choices Finding Your Joy. I have with us today an amazing woman, Lisa Hawkinson. She has spent the past 18 years helping people learn how to have a simpler life. She shares techniques that are easily understood and simple to implement in the home, office, and life. She is a professional organizer and author of the book, Calming Your Chaos. Well, welcome, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you so much, Paul. It's great to be with you today. Oh, so happy to, to share you with everyone today. Thank you. Please uh, tell us a bit of your background, Lisa, because it really is amazing. Uh, I would love to have you share that with our, our audience today. Thanks a lot. Well, you, I think you mentioned that I've written a book called Calming Your Chaos. And this came about as a result of having a virus, which is an amazing thing. My junior high son, little sweetie pie, shared a virus with me that takes most people down over the weekend. They think, oh, I had the flu. I'm better. Well, my adrenals were just really shot, and I went down for two years. And so to stand long enough to peel a carrot was too hard. To hold a glass glass was very uncomfortable. And it was just pretty miserable. My kids fended for themselves an awful lot. And of course, my husband pitched in, but it was grueling. And I wouldn't want to wish that on anyone. Coming through it, so I was either in bed or on the couch or on the lounge chair. And in the summertime... I realized I was going to get better. I saw the light coming. And so I just was walking around the deck and I prayed and I thought, God, what should I do with the rest of my life? I mean, I've been a school teacher. I've been an office manager. I have small business. What should I do? And the crazy thing was, he said, help people get organized. I went, seriously, that's weird. But man, that would be so much fun. So I told my mother and she goes, oh, Lisa, you've got to write a book. Man, that fired me up. I got my yellow pad, you know, those good old pads, because we didn't have computers then. And I was leaning back on the couch because I still couldn't sit upright because of that virus. And I just deleted, downloaded everything about my life. This is how you do it. Just follow me and I'll show you. Little did I know. I was so naive. So I started writing this book and thought, this is going to be fantastic. I can help so many people. Well, then my naturopath referred me to my very first client, which just cracks me up. I took a look around her condo after a few moments. I said, do you save use band-aids? And she said, I'm not that bad. <laughs> went, oh my gosh. So I knew we wouldn't get too far, but I worked with her for several years. I think she enjoyed me more for my company than actual work, but we would do a lot of work, but then it would just pile back on her. So I'd show up and she'd have bruises from slipping all over the paper on her floor. I didn't know she had an accident carpet in her second bedroom for a couple months. And that's how thick it was. So I went on from there to work with a lot of individuals. And long story short, I went through some, I started realizing there's something wrong with me. I went into some coaching and counseling and realized I had some barriers. I didn't believe in myself. I had no sense of self-worth from some bad family background. I pulled out that one. I'm going to write my book. And so I did. And it's been wonderful. And so I just help a lot of people now individually or on coaching calls or in speaking. And so I'm so glad I met you, Paula. Thank you. Oh, I'm so happy to have met you. So you. would you say the work you do with your clients, so it is based on helping them relieve chaos and That's right. become organized? 
That's right, because I want people to be what I call a smooth organizer. And that is, think of a mobile in your home. You don't want to flapping around all the time. You want to just glide around. And so life hits you really hard sometimes with a virus or an illness or something far worse. I've had that experience. And so you just have to get back on track. So I, just my natural genetic makeup, my gifting is to like order, and I was teased for it. That was part of my problem. I was ashamed of that. And so now I realize it's a gift, and how can I help people with it? So I listen to my clients, like, how can I teach them better? How, how can I convey this message? So that's been a challenge, and new ideas come to me all the time, and it helped writing the book and talking with people. So when I talk to groups now, and I think I've done a good job, I'll get a question that just puts me in a whole new territory. So one of them developed this question. So I asked people, this is my test question. If you had to, had to, had to, could you list your house in 30 days if you own your home? And a lot of people just throw their head back, almost get their own, do their own whiplash because they're shocked, the thought of putting their house up for sale because they have 30, 40 plus years of stuff. And the thought of doing that is just overwhelming. So then I tend to guilt people and say, well, look, if tonight is your last breath, who's going to take care of all that stuff? Do you, do you really want your kids to take time off work without pay or vacation time or your neighbors have to come in? Who is going to do all this work? And so they start thinking about it. And they go, all right, well, what do I do? How, where do I start? And so I just take them through the process. And it's pretty simple. It's that I made it very simple. Wow. And I would think that... By helping us become more organized, they're going to feel good about themselves. They feel great. Their brain calms down. Every, their surroundings make them feel calmer. They enjoy walking into their home. So I often ask people, how do you feel when you open up the, your front door? Are you like glad to be home? Or are there loads of clothes on the couch and there's only one cushion available to sit on? So people create their own bed and breakfast, so to speak. You know, they want to enjoy where they live, love where they live. Yes, yes. So when you work with someone, is the focus, do you come in or do you need to see them or can you see pictures and you say, okay, what, what do you want to work on or this is what I believe you should work on? How, how does that work, Lisa? That's a great question tell people what to do I, I have them explain to me what they would like to do do they want to live in a peaceful place what do you want to look like so this is a good example so I work both with people and after seeing a picture or doing a FaceTime on the phone look at their space and say okay what would you like it to feel like so I had a lady that had moved downsized to an apartment with a lake view and it didn't feel like she enjoyed the lake view she had taken too much stuff with her which is so common and so she said, I'd like this to feel like a lakeside cottage. So together we walked around and said, well, this certainly doesn't look cottage-like. And so we identified all those things. And we made, came up with a plan. And so she had to let go of quite a few things that she didn't need or use. That's a key thing, need or use. And then put those things in place so it helped give it that cottage feel. So when I talk to people, this is really fun. I say, I want to I go home with you today in your brain. I'll live there rent-free forever. And I'm going to just say, need use all the time. And you're going to be asking, do I need it? Do I use that? Why do I have 12 spatulas? Why do I have 36 
toothbrushes under the bathroom sink. I have one. Why do I have 57 mugs up in this cabinet with this prime real estate? And they start realizing, I really do have too much stuff. Or I had to ask one woman one time, how many people live here? Because there are so many sets of sheets and towels. And so she confessed there were only three of them. So I said, okay, need use. So we gift. I really promote generosity. So if you're generous, have a generous heart, share your things with a thrift store that has a mission that aligns with your heart. Then wait, then you're eager to let things go. Put it on their shelf so they sell it. Then that money helps fund uh, women starting over, homeless families, search and rescue dogs, whatever the their mission is. So it becomes really fun. You're their supplier of mark merchandise. Yes, yes. Oh, excuse me, something just fell off the wall. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> so people get motivated and they yeah. go, yeah, really, I could do some downsizing. And I had a woman recently who was very serious about downsizing because she had just helped her parents move into assisted living and she was shocked at how much work it was. And she goes, I don't want to bestow that on my daughter. And so she got busy. And after talking with a woman last night at an open house, in just three minutes, I just got a text from her this morning. And she said, I told my husband what you said last night. And my father this morning, he said, I need more room under my sink. He went to his kitchen sink and took out 10 vases. And, she, and he put them in a box. And she goes, now what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to put it in the garage. And you can take care of it someday. So I'm going to write back and say, no, you both need to take a trip to a thrift store and explain that to her and make a regular habit of this because she's dreading what she's gonna have to do in downsizing them. Yes. yes. So it just yes. really helps a lot of people need use and bless other people. And then exactly. you know, think of the generosity if your guest bedroom is cleared off enough that somebody could spend the night in five, 10 minutes notice. They had just a little too much wine at dinner, please spend the night. So this came about, my guest bedroom is ready, and I've been in those where you have to stand at the door and pitch things in. It's just packed full. So my son came over with his wife and was eating. He goes, I have a favor to ask. He said, you know, we're remodeling our house. We're living in a 13-foot trailer with two dogs and two cats. And, oh, and mom, by the way, my wife's pregnant. You're going to have a grandchild. And he said, and she's got a very tender stomach. We need a different place to live. Could we, could we stay here for a couple months? I said, Sure. And so I said, well, when do you want to come? He goes, we'll go home and get our toothbrushes. And they did. So I could be generous on the spot. And it was really a good feeling. Mm -hmm. The other thing is when you have less, you're able to make pivot and make a decision quickly. I have to say, I, I love your recommendation of, and this is something in the Seattle area. There's a couple organizations that know they can call me on a regular basis. And I, I can put together a few boxes for them and know it's going to a good cause. But here's something that I know I would battle with, Lisa. What's that? Moving from my home to maybe a condo or apartment, being emotionally connected to so many items. I understand. How do we get around that when we want to downsize? That comes up a lot. So. I had an aunt that downsized in stages and she ended up in assisted living. She had like two pictures and a chair and her bedspread. So in my mind, you've got to really downsize at some point. And so I already know my two pictures if I had to. And so you just have to realize that love that was there that was given to you in that gift was received by you. 
You don't have to hold on to it for life. You're not throwing that person away. You're not throwing the memory away. The item is going to be passed on to someone who can use it or who needs it. So I had to downsize quickly after my husband passed away. And so I knew I would get into a smaller space and try to imagine what I would need and use. And I had a set of mugs from our wedding that were ceramic and matching beautiful 1969 mugs. And they had always stayed in my left cabinet or my kitchen sink. And I went, my gosh, I haven't used those for how many years? And so I gave those to a thrift store and I knew they really got blessed. So that's, it just makes me feel good to share with others. That's part of that generosity muscle you have to exercise. Yeah, because it really does make you feel good knowing what you can do for someone and, and sharing those things. That's right. And you're thinking about, you know, what is life all about? Is it all the stuff I have or is how much good I can do? What kind of legacy do I want to leave? And I want to be known for being a generous person. Oh, she shared her stuff with people. And so my kids were at the age when a lot of their friends were moving out of their home. So I kind of set a thrift store up in my entryway and I would set things there. And kids would just take things away. It was so fun. They were so excited to get my mugs. You know, people keep so many mugs. And they tell me how, where they got them. At each place they, ever, place, they, place they ever worked, I'm going, really, do you need 52 mugs? And so, and you can pick one up at a thrift store for 25 cents or 50 cents. So you're really blessing them when you let, let go of some things. Yes, yes. If, if you had to narrow this down to the main <laughs> message that you want to put out there to everyone, what would you say? I guess I ask people, where do you feel the most overwhelmed? And that's where you can calm down some chaos. So most people, it's either in their kitchen, their office, or their garage. So just start by doing the easiest thing first. What can you pick up without any emotional feeling? And just let it go. I mean, I had a man with 200 ballpoint pens in the top right door of his desk. So do you really need, need, need 200 pens? Not likely. So you just keep thinking, what do I need? What do I use? What, what do I just cherish? And I would want to keep this one or two things or a few decorative pieces that mean something special to me, have a great memory connected to it, but I'm not going to hang on to things that somebody gave me because I just don't have the space. Mm -hmm. So it's being very real, new normal. I, at times we kick and really bulk at new normal, but we have to just go, new normal keeps happening. Yeah. And would you say that if we get overwhelmed with the clutter and how much we build up and it's like, I don't have, I don't know how to organize it. I don't have time. And you get frustrated and really just give up trying. So you have to set that goal and then be intentional about it. All right, I'm going to commit to getting this done by say Thanksgiving. And so I say, I'll take an hour a day or just set aside some time and tackle it and be committed to doing it. And it's really nice to have someone you're accountable to or a friend who'll cheer you on and say, oh good, you did it another day. Reward yourself along the way, but finish the job. You have to decide to start, get it started and decide you are going to finish. And you just have to be ruthless with yourself. Not be mean, be ruthless and just stay on track. Stay on track. And I love the idea of have someone, you know, 
supporting you and you have to follow through for them as well. You know, you've made a commitment and that can help motivate you to get, get it done. And that's why a lot of people hire me because they know I will hold them to it. So I just got a thank you note from a client and they were in their 80s and were downsizing and they were so sorry they had waited into their 80s to do this. And she said, thanks for making us stick to business because with their health issues and all their doctor appointments, they would just postpone it for another several months and they needed to sell their house because they needed that money for assisted living. So I really like to help people get the top dollar for their home by just getting it down to what they need and use, taking with them what they love, what they'll need and use, and getting top dollar for their home because it's not filled up with junk. Oh. And, and Lisa, that's really a service we need. That's really something that, you know, really can be helpful for us. You know, something a lot of us probably don't think about but what you have to offer, that's a, that's a great asset. Well, it really is. You know, we spent, I think about this. We spent so much of our early life thinking about where are we going to go to college? What kind of person will I marry if I'm going to marry? Where do I want to live? How many kids? So life happens. You're planning and planning. And then you hit about 50 and think, I'm kind of done. And you just start cruising and don't think about final thoughts until your health demands that you get pay attention. So I just like to have people wake up now while they have the health and the ability and do be serious about getting things in order and think about their legacy because that's so important. My mom was a wonderful example for the last 15 years of her life. I mean, literally 15 years. Every time we visited her, she said, now, did you put a dot on something? So she had those little sticky dots and she wanted our name on everything in the house. There was only one thing I wanted. I ended up with more, but I wanted one thing. And so near the end, I, we knew it was the end was coming. I said, Mom, you know, there are a lot of things left that we haven't put a sticky on. So when we sell it, where do you want that money to go? And so she was able to identify that, which really helped us because we wanted to honor her. Mm -hmm. And she had dishes that she was sure her granddaughter's going to take. We finally said, Mom, your granddaughter really doesn't want them. And that's so sad to hear. But it's such a, the truth now. Kids just don't want their parents' and grandparents' stuff. And so I said, Mom, who could you bless with your dishes? So she gave her set of, I mean, it's at least 12 of everything away. She felt good about that. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So we, we keep playing until the end. It's just amazing how much. I mean, there are a lot of things to have in place, a health directive and your will. Those things are really key, but your stuff doesn't have to be a burden to loved ones. Yes. And really, isn't that a, a great idea to reach out to family and say, what, what would mean something to you? What, what can I do and what would mean something to you? And start making those choices and even... You know, let's say it's a set of dishes that your daughter may love to have. If you know that, you can put that into motion as you well, Yeah, a lot of people in their 50s hear me talking, oh, I wish my parents would get this. I said, you know what your parents want most time with you? Mm -hmm. So why don't you spend a weekend a month with them? Talk about this. Be adults. Say, you won't live forever, so let's talk about where you got this nicky-nacky thing and who would you like it to go to or where would you like it donated and have those conversations. 
it's not terrible. And I know there's some people who are absolutely stuck, you know, and they can't budge a real elderly person. I have relatives like that. I mean, you won't budge them. But the life shows up and they can't live in their home anymore and their stuff has to go away. I know one lady um, nearly passed away. The doctor said she wouldn't live for another 24 hours. And so her adult son started giving things away. Well, she kind of revived and went on full-time oxygen. And she was ticked that her stuff had been given away. I said, well, okay, this is going to happen someday. Let's finish up. Let's put a sticky on everything. So we identified who would get what. And if this ever happened again, she would have to be so mad. But people would get what she wanted them to have. And I have people who send pictures to their kids who are living in, out of state and say, what here do you want? So we had a great thing happen in our family. I'll finish this up very quickly. My father-in-law had a wonderful wood shop in his garage for years. He made amazing things. So that he's in assisted living now and a garage full of wonderful things. So his sons and children in their 60s got together on FaceTime with the grandsons. And they went through the garage and they pictured everything, showed the kids everything. And kids in California and Oregon would say, I would like that. Someone in Washington said, I would like that. So everything was dispersed in a matter of two hours. My grandfather was so happy that everybody in the family had something that he had loved his whole life and that, that they got what they wanted. It was a really neat experience. Yes. And with that, he can know they have something that they're going to enjoy. And remember him by enjoyed right. it. That's right. So you just keep blessing people. It's really awesome. I mean, wouldn't you want certain things of your mother's? Maybe you don't want a whole place thing of 12, but what's wrong with taking a place thing of four of it, donating the rest, or sharing them with a sibling? I've heard that people doing that too. Oh. So it's a really fun thing to take everything you'd like to let go, put on your dining room table, let's say all your, for women, glass and china and crystal and everything, and just invite all your lady friends over and serve your favorite adult beverage say what would you like and say here's the story behind this certain bowl or this set of glasses tell them the story and the story goes with it yeah. and I've done that and 15 years later someone will misuse the name that I said and I said no that was Aunt Eva oh that's right you said Aunt Eva that's so they right. remembered the story of how they had gotten that casserole piece and I know myself having been given a few pieces of jewelry from some cherished family members it's it's priceless how yes. you know the love that is behind those gifts it was you know a few mementos and they're so special with with just a few moments left in the show lisa what last words do you want to leave with us today let your life be a legacy of goodness and generosity oh that's a great message yes Yes, and that, that can be in what we do, what we share, can't it, what we speak. That's right, not just in how much money you give, but it's in your stuff mm -hmm. and your, your time and your treasure and your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because time and service is a great gift as well, isn't it? Yes, oh yeah. It's very fulfilling, so what I, feel, what I do, I feel soul fulfilling. I love it. I love that. Soul fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And and what you're doing now, Lisa, you're fulfilling your soul, aren't you? I really am. This feeds me. Thank you. I feel stuffed and full. 
Yes, yes. And you're helping others with that. I oh, am. Before we say goodbye, could you please share your website information with us, please? You bet. So you can use my name, Elisa, spell an E, it's a little strange, E-L-I-S-A Hawkinson, H-A-W-K-I-N-S-O-N. And my business name is how the number two get organized.com or people can text me or call me 206-915-9911. Yes. And, and I love that you're a, a fellow Pacific Northwest girl like myself. We're Pacific Northwest sisters. I have my warm blankie on today. I feel like I haven't gotten out of bed yet. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Lisa, thank you so much. This has been so fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's really a, a trigger for us to think about this because it is something that we can all use help with. Yeah. We encourage each other. So I learn something from my clients and my friends every day as we're talking. It's really fun. It really is. Oh, thank oh, you so, so much. It's been a delight. Oh, love, hugs, and blessings to you, Lisa. Thank you. And back to you, too. Thank you. And to everyone out there, love, hugs, and blessings. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Bye. Are you looking to open the beautiful door to the beautiful modality of Reiki, a hands-on energy healing modality? Radio host, Reiki master, speaker, and published author, Paula Vale would be honored to assist you in your Reiki training. For details, go to wellnessinspired.com. You may also contact Paula at paula at wellnessinspired.com to schedule your training.